0: This week on the Talent Tailgate Podcast, (laughs) Uh, let's just say, I don't know, Julio, a whole lot of get-off-my-lawn bullshit.
1: Uh, Yep, that's right. We're going to be talking about the Fernando Tatis drama and the unwritten rules of baseball.
0: Uh, Sneak preview, they suck. (laughs) Um, Next, we go into the domination uh, of the Giants uh, this past series with a sweep and the struggles with the Diamondbacks, dropping the first two and then uh, getting a pretty convincing win today. A little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, after that, kind of go into a very interesting little thing. Uh, Julio, I don't know if you saw this this week. Uh, wait, you did because we just did a podcast about it. Uh, the A's are the number one increase in uh, TV viewership for the entire league. Um, we kind of talk about why we think that is and how it's going to affect uh, potentially the league going forward. Then what's up?
1: And then we're going to be closing out with a new segment we like to call does it work or does it not where we're going to be talking about the first month of baseball in the new COVID world how has major league baseball done how the new world's done as well as Oakland A's in the first month they've been a great success but how have they looked as a whole
0: then of course as always we preview the coming week and we pick our essential tailgate tools of the week so time to start tailgate we just pulled up let's uh set up these beer pong tables and let's start drinking what do you say Yeah, let's do it. We got a long episode today, folks, because we got a, a lot a lot of bitching to do from me and Julio <laughs> in our first segment, and then we have a lot of um, just fun conversation about this season and um, new things that we've noticed and experienced about just the, probably the most unique, different season of Major League Baseball we'll ever see in our lifetimes. Uh, welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. I am Chris Madrigal, and that is Julio Renoso.
1: Really, I, know um, so. I know so because I'm reno so what's up
0: there it is have you ever said that to someone before did you just think of that off the top of your head Uh,
1: I think I have used to, uh, if someone's like I know so I'm like I know so I'm like reno so <laughs> I've used that on somebody before and I've probably I actually
0: fucking dig that that'd be like a good like like it, Twitter it, handle or something it's a I know so
1: No, it's a great Uh, if I was like a TV lawyer
0: a TV lawyer. Like in the yeah. commercials, like you're, you, like you're, you're saying,
1: did you get whiplash from a uh, driver from a car accident? and it Was not your fault? Did you have yeah. food poisoning? Well, you know so. I know so. Reno so.
0: <laughs> like the selino and Barnes, selino and Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Or what's
1: injury the injury attorneys? What's the one uh, Adriana's uh, lawyer with the one that's always on the side of the bus in LA? It's very oh LA, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is very LA talk. LA talk, um,
1: followed by Ace talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting week, though. for sure. Sh- yeah. uh, baseball is a white. it's kind of, we'll talk about it in a second, but the last couple of days of baseball is what, where things really got interesting. Um, but for the A's this last week, it's kind of a tell of two teams, and we're going to dive in a little bit more later, so make sure you listen yeah, to the whole you-
0: thing. Yeah. You brought up an interesting stat about that, and I can't wait to jump into that later on.
1: Um, also, if you are not already, please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Like and Rate, all that great stuff. Uh, if you're listening, watching or listening on YouTube, please make sure you like and subscribe as well. And if you're not following us on Twitter, be sure to follow us on Twitter as well.
0: Thank you for that. Perfect plug um so let's jump into the stuff so news around the league uh we really felt like there was only one story that was worth talking about because um, we know that we're gonna spend a lot of time on it um all right what was this on monday or was this on tuesday
1: this was y- what i don't know what time is anymore man <laughs> yeah i want to uh, say it was yesterday was on tuesday monday uh, monday
0: it was monday so on monday the San Diego Padres were beating the Texas Rangers fourteen to five, right? It was fourteen.
1: As most teams do, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you know, sometimes you have a blowout and sometimes you don't. So it's they're, they're winning. Blowout. They won that game fourteen to five. It's the end of the. It's towards the end of the game. It's, it's already a blowout. Uh, Fernando Tatis, probably the best player in baseball this season, um, comes up to the plate. And he gets three straight balls. 3-0 count. Um, if you watch baseball, most of the time, most managers, especially in today's world, uh, on a 3-0 count, they give you the sign of take. What a take is in baseball is literally exactly what it sounds like. You take the pitch. You don't swing at it in the hopes that it will be ball four and you'll walk. 90% of bat of 3-0 at-bats, this is kind of the way it goes. But certain hitters get the green light and they swing on 3-0. I don't know if Fernando Tatis got the green light or not, or if he was just like, fuck it, I'm swinging. But he swings at a pitch, and nine times out of ten, this is like a fastball right down the middle because the pitcher knows that the hitter's not going to swing. He's going to take the pitch. Fastball just right down the middle of the zone. Tatis just fucking hammers the ball with three men on. So grand slam goes out of the park just fucking crushes it hits a grand slam runs around the bases very next pitch or batter I think it was the first pitch too very next batter first pitch throws it directly at the next hitter umpire stops calls together his fellow umpires they talk about it you're kind of thinking like okay that was intentional he's pissed off he should probably get thrown out of the game he does not get thrown out of the game In the press conference after the game, the Rangers manager, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't even care anymore. He's a fucking douchebag. The Rangers manager says in in his press conference when asked about the Tatis Grand Slam on a 3-0 pitch, says, Back when I played, it was an unwritten rule that when you are losing by a significant amount in a game, on a 3-0, you do not swing. Twitter has gone ape shit the past couple days over this. Um, most people – I mean, I follow most people my age, so maybe that's just who I'm following. But most people are more on the side of unwritten rules are for pussies. Um, fuck that shit. And uh, I'm sorry to Julio's dad. I know you say that I no, curse a lot, no, but I can't help it. No, it's great
1: because uh, I, I, I don't think I told you about this, but uh, my brother Mondo had texted me the other day. Shout out, Mondo. What's up? Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, hey, you guys! I listen to the show. You guys are doing a great job." He's like, "I like that other guy. He cuts us a lot. He has a lot of passion." <laughs> so it's, it's just my it's, thing. It's your, hey, whatever. That's that's your way of communicating.
0: Um. Anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. It, uh...
1: And th- okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so, let, I'll let you go. Yeah. So what? Okay. Manager. His name's Chris Woodward. And the the weirdest thing. Okay, Chris Woodward, bitch. Good Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The weirdest thing, too, that's – you would immediately think that the team would have your back, no matter what the scenario is. Um, And if you watch kind of like the clips I've come around and circulated from it, you see like Eric Hosmer is kind of letting the Rangers dugout know like, hey, I got it. And you see him in between the innings. He's talking to him like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that or whatever. We don't yeah. know what the full conversation was. Um, but that's that's kind of bullshit. And then after the game, you have Jace Tingler. He's the um, manager for the Padres. Was apologizing for Fernando Tatis. And then they made him, uh, Fernando Tatis, apologize after the game. Um, another thing, too. Jace Tingler actually has came from the Rangers organization as a manager. So there's probably like some weird connection there. But if it were, look, if it were up to me, Fernando Tatis is the season. He's the best player in baseball as of this season. He's only what? Tw- he's 21. The dude is still learning. He's going to be the franchise of the Padres and he's going to be a great player for a long time from everybody's saying is true. But we've seen the season and then your manager is not going to defend your guy and have his back. I, I, if I were Padres ownership and leadership, I'd be like, if you pull this shit again and you don't defend him or any of your players in that situation, like, dude, you're gone. I think that's unacceptable to me. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't
0: it, know that his manager didn't defend him, so that's kind of fucked up.
1: No, yeah, and it, it's if you were to be like, hey, yeah, we understand that's a kind of thing. It was it's a learning experience. We'll talk to about it but in st- like that's different but in coming out and saying you apologize he's does nothing i'm like it's stupid on these unwritten rules like this <sighs>
0: i i just don't understand like the idea behind the unwritten rules so it's like okay so let, let like uh, no behind this specific unwritten rule so like are are we are they supposed to just like keep trying to strike out and like lower their personal stats and just like not even try while the other team is like trying to, you know, come back and score so that like it, they can make a competitive game. Like, what the fuck? If I'm if I'm the team that's blowing the other team out, I don't want you coming back. I don't want you I don't want you anywhere close to the score. I want to whoop your ass and I want to put y- and I want to send you home. Like, there's there's nothing in my DNA that would be like, "Yeah, you know, maybe we'll just lay off for a couple innings so they can make a little comeback and make an interesting game." No, fuck you. You're fucking losing. So, like it's not my fault that you suck. That' as simple as that. It's <laughs> not my fault that you yeah. suck. So, so I'm pitch gonna keep better. playing well. Yeah, yeah. Pitch better. Simple as that. Pitch better. If you're what? down three zero, don't just throw a fucking fastball straight down the middle, assuming that I'm not gonna swing at it. Cause, like, I, I have every right to. I, everything in the rules says and, that I can do this. Unwritten rules are for fucking pussies. That's really what they are.
1: And if you're, if you're okay, if I was the pitcher. Because my logic is, I would, look, I'd rather throw an outside pitch and a three count something that's gonna be a little lower in like lower in the strike zone. Because if I leave it up, like that's we don't know that's it's gone. I'd rather give up one run and a walk than give up a grand slam. Um, and you have to think about it. So there is this guy uh, on Twitter. You you might have heard of him. A lot of our listeners may have heard of him. His name is Johnny Bench, the best catcher ever. Came out and defended mm. Fernando Tatis. Because, like, what was he going to do with this? Look, he's like, I'll see, I'll see if I can pull up the exact quote here. But more or less, um, what's he going to. Okay, here we go. So you take a pitch. You're 3 1. The pitcher comes back with a great setup pitch, 3 2. You're ready to ground out into a double play. Everyone should hit 3 0. Grand slams are huge. Johnny Bench is saying that. Reggie Jackson came out and defended Fernando Tatis, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's mind-boggling. Like, I don't get – look, to me, I think it's just – if you're going to come out and complain that it's a 3-0 count, you shouldn't be swinging, blah, 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 blah. I think it's just uh, fragile masculinity, dude. And I think there's that, a lot that's, of that that's, with baseball. That's,
0: that's that's exactly what it is. That's 100% what it is. You don't want to get pinned? It's, just, it's, ego, it's ego and masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just can't believe that this manager had the balls to come out and even say that. Like he got suspended to th- too, by the way. How did how did you think that that was gonna go, dude? How did you think that was gonna go? Like you really thought that people were gonna be on your side and be like, "Yeah, that's fucked up, sportsmanship." Ugh. No, no. So not not at all.
1: A couple other things I kind of notice or picked up on, um, like over the after the aftermath of it, really. Uh, well, one, the Padres won tonight. uh, for, uh, uh to hit a walk-off grand slam against Rangers. So, so great. There you go. Uh, Payback's but... a bitch. <laughs> uh, but Manny was actually – it's kind of some justice for him because he was actually the hitter on deck when Tatis hit that grand slam. Mm-hmm. And you can tell there's actually a clip when uh, Tatis hit it. Manny's just like, oh, Fuck! They're gonna throw at me. You just see it in his face, it's like, <laughs> "Why'd you do that?" <laughs> just like, man, he knew what he was gonna get hit. Oh, um, but the other thing was, on last night's game Tuesday, they actually, the, they posted the game score the Rangers and they turned off the replies on their tweets so nobody yeah was able to that reply.
0: that that was the that was like the ultimate bitch move like the fucking ultimate bitch move to turn off your replies on your tweet like get the fuck out of here um and i, I think I, so, that, so uh, Dan- cbs uh baseball writer danny vietti tweeted something he tweeted a video talking about it pretty much i mean he's a millennial he's on kind of had the same opinion that we did that we're having right now, but just not as aggressive as me. Apparently, if the listeners couldn't tell, I'm pretty upset and annoyed by this. Um, <laughs> um, my, I responded to his Twitter his his tweet saying, "I feel like this is the perfect um, moment for," uh, in quotes, "Okay, Boomer." Dot. 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 And he liked my tweet, so you know, did something right Thanks. there. But yeah. this is just like the like we keep on talking about this Boomer. Like it's just such it's another <coughs> classic baseball. Okay, Boomer a moment and it, it, it it's this is what's ruining the fucking game look okay so we're gonna get into it in a little bit when we get into A's news but you know what can, I mean we can do you have anything more to say about it because this is a, this actually be a really good segue
1: um it's we're gonna go and talk about when it comes to A's because yeah baseball's a lot of people are watching baseball again And if you look at the ratings, uh, it's a huge demographic explosion in people in our range of the 25 to 40 millennial range, really. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what what baseball's needed. And now we have so many extremely, not just like great players, uh, but guys you are like really exciting too. Like, sorry, Mike Trout, you're you're amazing. Probably going to be the best player we're ever going to see, but he's very dull. But like Fernando Tatis and Tim Anderson, he just –
0: Cody Bellinger, Lukey Betts, Luke, fucking just, Brandon Lowe, like all all these guys, Tyler Glass now, all these like really fucking good young young players.
1: Trevor Bauer, like these dudes who just play are just yeah. awesome and just have like so much swag with them and they have so much passion and they speak yeah, up when, they, when they're pissed and they want their opinion heard. And it's like, this is what you want. This is what's made the NBA really blow up over the last 20 years was uh, David Stern realized like, dude, this is a player league. Dude, we shouldn't be making these guys wearing suit and ties when they're not playing. Like, let them wear what they want. And that's a huge culture explosion. And it impacted everywhere. And it's like, this is a grand opportunity for baseball. You could really, really bring in so many people. When you're doing dumb shit like this and you have unwritten rules, I mean, it, it, it hurts. But there's no such thing as bad PR. So
0: it wasn't an unwritten rule that black players weren't allowed to play in the major, in major league baseball. Yeah. So like, just, just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, like just shut the fuck up boomers. Uh, anyway, (laughs) um, great segue. So I think that's like the, the, that mentality is what has killed baseball. The old style, old, like get off my lawn, um, type of mentality with a lot of these older either managers older baseball writers because a lot of the baseball writing community is older, um,
1: older generation,
0: Gen X X and, and, and baby boomers. Um, it's not until really recently that, um, media companies have noticed the older people, the older, you know, writers and started hiring younger writers like Jessica Kleinschmidt, like, uh, Katie Wu, like Jeff Passon, Jeff Passon, Danny Vietti, like all these, all these other, all these younger people. Um, so it's been a little bit better, a little bit younger coverage, but, um, so the ratings for general baseball have gone up this season, but in particular, the te- the three teams that have increased the most in ratings in this season, which is all three of them were 280 percent plus, which is insane. Like, that's just like I mean, tripling your viewers in, in, in one season is crazy. The A's were the number one ratings television ratings increase in the league. Number two was the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think a part of that is because the Spectrum deal is over. I think Yeah, um, I was going to say Spectrum. I think Spectrum. they made their team more accessible. Reason. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the third team was the Tampa Bay Rays. So, Julio, what are the three things about those three franchises that really – are the most simple. Like, what what is the 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 common factor in these three franchises? I know what it is, but I want to know if you can point it out.
1: Uh, the common thing. So it was. So let me have to read it. The A's. It. To to it was the A's, Dodgers. Dodgers and, and the Rays.
0: The Tampa Bay Rays.
1: Well, one, they're they're all super exciting teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all good. Obviously they're all, yeah. they're all great. They're all really good teams. Uh, they have a lot of exciting for it. Uh, I can tell you easily with the A's and the Dodgers, I think uh, just being in such a massive market in the Bay area and Los Angeles yeah, uh, with the new COVID world. And a lot of people like myself, were working at home now and we're like, I watched baseball. Uh, Chris and I were kind of arguing about this earlier because like, he's been watching basketball playoffs all day. And I'm still watching baseball day. I'm still even if it's like <laughs> I was watching Tigers, uh, White Sox for like a while earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. But with the Ray, I don't know. Okay, now I'll be interested. Why? What's? What do you think? Is that connection?
0: It's highly correlated to our last segment in the in the in the unwritten rules with the older folk. It's it. They're a younger, fun team. They like to play baseball and they have fun playing baseball. They're flamboyant. They're funny. They do stupid shit. Like they're just. It, it it's simple as that when you watch a game you never know what you're gonna get out of these guys like the the funny stupid stuff that they do that's why people that's why I think people watch them that's really that. and yeah like you said it was what was the demographic was 18 to 35 that they're growing that much like uh, that's what people want to watch they don't want to watch like the old ass giants and Hunter Pence like using a cane to get from first to second to like off a double it's 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 ins- yeah I mean yeah
1: um, so the other thing that, uh, yeah, again, a little bit of a slow week uh, with the baseball news. Uh, something we happened tonight, we're not going to get too heavy into it because it is a developing story. We want to kind of see what the true fallout is going to be. Uh, but during the Reds-Royals game, uh, it was mm-hmm. a double header or a back-to-back game. Uh, during the game, the color Analyst, the color analyst of Tom Branneman for the Cincinnati Reds. No, he's
0: the play-by-play. Play-by-play.
1: Sorry. Whatever. Same thing. Uh, No, it's not. He said, use a homophobic slur without realizing he was on air. Um, During the game, he actually issued a formal apology. uh, Said he was a a man of faith. He is not that kind of person. Um, Again, this is an ongoing thing. We We don't want to really get too in depth with this topic. Uh but fuck him. Uh there's no room for any of that kind of language if it's off air, like this is what you're saying off air. There's no room for that. Period. Anywhere. If that's what you're saying off air, what do you what are you saying behind closed doors and to the people around you? Like that's
0: bro i mean this guy probably watches fox news so like let's not take him too seriously he's gonna probably be fired so yeah Yeah, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be fired eventually it's just you know whatever like just fuck this guy he's probably close-minded he probably thinks that like he probably thinks that china's out to get the united states too bro you just know (laughs)
1: like over the next couple days that trump is gonna come out and support him and it's just yeah. gonna be this whole thing when, and he's gonna be watch. He's gonna speak at the Republican National Convention next oh, week. Oh
0: God! The ch- he, So another thing about him is he works for Fox Sports during the football season. He's like one of their play-by-play announcers. So I was brought that up to Julio in the pre, in the pre-show stuff, and that's another thing. So I don't know what Fox Sports is gonna do about that, but that's gonna be something to look for also.
1: So we, uh, before we we. Change the subject and just kind of go off the rails a little bit. Uh, the best part about this whole – during his mid-apology, uh, uh, Nick Castellanos said a home run, and it was the saddest home run call I've ever heard. <laughs> it, like, you're going to see it all over the place. It's, yeah,
0: I wanna, I'm going to look at yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to laugh after, when we're done.
1: Uh, Chris and I were actually uh, joking in text earlier because we were dogging on uh, Chris Russo because, he, of course, he's like this, Traditional rules. I'm like, dude, get out of here. He's one of the
0: many boomers who was was pushing for uh, who was on the on the favor of uh, the unwritten rules after that whole situation. So yeah, he you know whatever. But
1: we were having our uh, talking about uh, if like a Fox Sports, a Fox News Sports channel, and like all right, well Chris Russo would do baseball, Jason Whitlock would do uh, (laughs) would do basketball. Yeah. and then we got our new guy, Tom Brennaman. He's been doing the NFL college he, football.
0: He can, yeah, you know, he can co-host the, the that show with with uh, Mad Dog Russo. Um, all right, let's go. Let's jump back in A's news. I know I forgot that we were gonna bring that up, but that's fine. Let's we'll jump back in A's news. So we're jumping back and forth. But uh, here yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, so um, let's review the the past week. So they um, had an amazing sweep against the Giants, which Fantastic. is not that amazing. Wonderful. In, in, well, it's amazing for us because fuck the Giants, um, but um, it's not that amazing because the Giants suck, so it's not very impressive. Um, and we won two of those games on like on walk. One was a walk off, the other one was or not quite a walk off. Sorry, because they were played at the Giants Stadium. Um, they there were just came they from were behind in the late innings. Came from behind the late innings. There you go. That's why you're here, Julio. Um, and then, but the last game was a blowout, so I guess.
1: Big yeah, summer blowout.
0: And then, uh, me and Julio have been, uh, back on a very hard low the past couple of days because they got fucking whooped by the, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, um, on Monday the 17th. Uh, well, not necessarily whooped, but they lost, uh, three to four. And then yesterday they got whooped on the 18th, one to 10. <laughs> um, which was a Frankie Montas start, which was the roughest part about it, because it's like, fuck, dude, he's supposed to be like our for sure thing every single week, yeah. And he's struggling, uh, but today they came back, a nice little four to one win. Uh, it was four, to, it was four to zero the entire um, game, and then uh, Joaquin Soria just gave up one small little run in the ninth inning, no big deal, but came back with a win. So a lot of more, more, uh, more of a roller coaster ride, Julio, as it's been most of the season. Uh, yeah, well.
1: I, I just got to say, I think on behalf of uh, Chris and I and Mason, because he was on last week, uh, we got to apologize there as in the Diamondbacks because we did not give them the time of day at the end of last week. We talked a lot and most, it was mostly yeah, us just, just talking shit on the Giants. Uh, yeah. We did not talk about the Diamondbacks and they have actually been playing excellent baseball over the last couple of weeks. Offense has really been clicking well. The rotation, as we saw over this last couple days, really has really been holding up well. Merrill Kelly has actually been one of the better pitchers in the rotation, but the A's got him today. Uh, but it's it's interesting. This it's it's kind of the point that I was trying to make to Chris during the, earlier this week was the A's are a tell of two teams. Mm-hmm. At home, we when they're at home, they're dominant. They they look like they're a world series contender, but on the road, they're very pedestrian. Over the last eight games on the road, ex- excluding the Seattle series, because that was almost a month ago now, uh, they're four and four. If it wasn't, yeah. and keep in mind, two of those wins came off of uh, miraculous comebacks against the Giants, they easily could have been two and six. Yeah. During that same time, the Astros went seven and one, and they're only two and a half games back.
0: Yeah, they've won seven straight. Um, Big blow, though, getting, because Jordan
1: Alvarez is out for the year. Uh, Bregman, again, developing story. He left the game earlier today. We don't know what the seriousness of it is. But it's like they caught a lot of games.
0: Altuve's still playing like shit, though, on the bright side.
1: Yeah, but Correa still lined it up. Um, yeah. But, like, the guy don't want the worst. But anyways. Uh, but So what's going on? We're scoring well. The team is still scoring throughout that whole series. those yeah, eight games. Yeah, I mean –
0: our run differentials plus 27. Yeah. Like that's fucking
1: great during that series though. They were giving up about, or they're scoring about 6.3 runs a game, which is, that's excellent. You should be winning all those games. What's going wrong. Uh, They are gave up 6.25 runs a games. So more or less, they're giving up as many runs as they're scoring. And there's some games where there's massive blowouts and as it was with the angels last week. And then with, uh with Dylan, Dylan Bundy on the mound. And then the, Diamondbacks Ugh. yesterday
0: yeah um, I mean and, and another apology to the Diamondbacks because they are a good team and they were a good team last week when we recorded and we just con- totally totally just glossed over it because we were just excited about beating the Giants and sticking it to all of our Giants <laughs> friends um, yeah I I mean so like the Diamondbacks right now if the playoffs ended today they would be the sixth seed um, they're playing really good baseball they're one game over 500 but they're also in the toughest division in baseball so that's the reason why they're only one game over 500 if they played in like the nl central or the nl east they would be battling for first place um like competitively Um, the only reason why they're not in the west is because the dodgers have won 18 games it's pretty wild um so yeah i I think that's that's kind of like, and, and especially after they won today, that's making me settle a more settling factor. Um, yeah. That like, okay, like maybe we can compete with the NL West a little bit because they won today. But we have been, other than the Giants, atrocious against the NL West this season. Um, and a big part of that was something that we've, kept, we've been talking about a lot, Julio, in our just text message. I think the AL West just fucking sucks. I think it's the worst division in baseball. So we we're in the worst division of baseball which props us up and then we have to play our out of division games against the best division of baseball which props us back down. So that's why it's like a roller coaster fucking every week up and down, up and down, up and down.
1: Yeah, honestly and it uh, I for sure thought the worst division would have been the oh actually the NL Central's giving us a run for the money too. Uh but I thought for sure it was going to be the AL Central because Yeah. Detroit huge rebuild, Kansas City huge rebuild. We yeah. thought, I thought, personally thought the Indians were going to be worse a worse team this year, but they're they've been their rotations been lights out, mm-hmm. and I don't know if a lot of us really expected that. We thought the Twins were going to run away with that division, but yeah, we're getting. And the thing is too, uh, a lot of these like the Rangers. Uh, I, who knows? Lance Lynn has been kind of a godsend for them, but the restitation has had major injury issues. They've been very shaky. Uh, they Angels, yeah, that, Dylan Bundy again, same thing. Been a godsend. It's been excellent on the season. The recitation is very shaky. Same with the bullpen. And then Seattle uh, will come back with their hockey team in a couple of years. Dude, the
0: the <laughs> the angel uh, the uh, the Kraken. Um, the Angels. Have seventeen losses, man. That's a lot. And like, it's like I know that they missed Rendon in the beginning, but they only missed Rendon for like a handful of games. Like, they. I don't know. They've just. I, been, I. I. I'm starting to feel better about my uh, just constant shit talking on the Angels this entire offseason.
1: Well, they've been hit pretty bad by the injury bug. You look at um, Otani; had he can't pitch for the rest of the season, he missed some time hitting wise. I know. Yeah. Look, don't It not He's. he's let me have that little faith in that guy that I really like.
0: No, uh, I like watching him play. Don't get me wrong. The Geraldton but... Simmons
1: has been out. Uh, That's true. Uh, Don't miss that first week or so. I have Justin Upton. I, I can't remember if he was out enough. but yeah, they've had injury issues and that I think a uh, knock on wood. If you're with me, the A's have actually been pretty lucky the when Raiders. it comes to injuries so far outside of guys like, uh, Burt Smith and, or, and then puck, I guess. And then Montas over this, mm-hmm. But that, yeah, they've been hit the hardest with that. Um, yeah. But it's it's going to be scary. We're, we'll get a little bit more on why this is a bigger concern when we talk talk about the coming week of yeah. the season. But I think as of right now, we just got to be happy because Lazardo pitched his arguably his best game as a major league starter tonight.
0: Yeah, he was really good.
1: light um, out stuff. He gets a great offense so.
0: Yeah, so for the listeners, the stat line on that is because I'm sure you want to hear it if you haven't watched the game. Um, he's pitched six and a third, or er, six and a third, only had four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. He was pretty dominant. Um, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it it you know Montas had a bad start. He'll bounce back next week. I'm 100% confident on well, that. Well, Chris Bassett is uh, consistently doing Chris Bassett things. I know Mason isn't very. You know, we talked about this last week. He's not very high on him, doesn't think he's like a number three starter in a rotation or in a, in a playoff series, but he continues week after week after week proving that he is consistently going to be an above average pitcher, which you can throw that in the number three slot in a in a playoff game series if you really need to, and you know what you're going to get out of him. Maybe he gives up two or three runs. You just got to depend that the offense can, can can go run for run with the other team. And he's been good. He's been good. Mike Fiers is all over the place. So it's been nice having that consistent veteran in the rotation to ground everybody, I think especially the young talent.
1: You bring up a good point with like, yeah, it, as long as the offense kind of hits. And we're kind of seeing so far, if you look at the standings, you look at their schedule over this past month. Yeah. More than anything, it's so important that they got to clinch home field throughout the AL. Yeah. or in the playoffs in general because it's or like, at least
0: at least the two seeds. So then uh, you know maybe the AL ALCS you don't get the home field advantage, but but, but yeah, they're but they're the playoffs.
1: Playing, yeah, but but well, because like they're playing so much better at home. Yeah, I'm sure that's same for a lot of teams. Except actually, uh, the Brewers. The Brewers actually have a better away record. But that's we don't talk mm. NL here um, <laughs> or NL Central. But yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I I agree. It, it I mean the one or two seed is is you, if especially with the home the home and away splits that overwhelming. Like you said, it's definitely going to be important to get the one or the two seed um, in the playoffs. Um, cool. So um, the last piece of uh uh a blah, 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 a's news is um a shout out to Dontro Willis. D uh, Willie. Uh, Detroit. Um. He uh, liked a really funny tweet that Julio posted, which is great. So hopefully we can build a friendship with him on social media, and maybe he'll be a future guest one day when we have sponsorships. (laughs) D-Train. Or maybe he'll he'll be our first big guest, and he'll get us sponsorships.
1: We'll find the exact minute mark of the podcast for him to listen to, but this is our pitch to D-Train. East Bay native, come and help out some fellow East Bay natives on this Oakland A's mm-hmm. podcast. We'd love to have you on here. I think we all, myself and I'm sure a lot of my friends and Chris included, grew up with you, like idolize you because you're from the East Bay. We did the leg kick whenever we'd go out and play Dude, baseball. the
0: leg kick, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, we'd love to have you on here. Thanks for liking the tweet.
0: 2003 World Series champion.
1: Um, Dude, no joke. I think that's probably like... My favorite World Series team. I love playing with the Marlins in like uh, MVP Baseball four.
0: Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that, and we can get into that off air, um, or maybe another podcast. Maybe we can go into we'll go, we'll do uh, it our, podcast. our our our, our, our fa- Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. Our favorite um, teams to play with from MVP Baseball two thousand five. Um, yeah, D Train. Uh, come on here. We're, trust me, we're a fun podcast. We wouldn't uh, grill you on questions and shit like that. We would literally just talk A's with you, like we did with Mason last week. And then you can give us all the insight and knowledge that you have, because you're so much wiser than us uh, when it comes to baseball. Alright, let's go over last week's essential tool of the week. Julio, let's talk about yours first.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp was my guy. Uh, he, just like the rest of the A's offense, he had a
0: fucking lit it up. He
1: had a great series in San Francisco, but against the Diamondbacks, he regressed. He had 200 for the week. He was in the lineup every day. And that was the one thing that I want. I remember pointing out in last week's show was because of the Loriana suspension, we're going to need somebody like him playing every day. So we can kind of ease up the legs on the outfielders. And that's what happened. And it was just an extra perk that he played so well in that Giants series. Uh, Diamondback series, again...
0: He hit in that two-hole for two games, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was in the two-hole while Laureano was out. Uh, But, again, regressed against the Diamondbacks hitting-wise. The big thing, Fossey brought up a really good point last night uh, during the... It was just, uh, first off, announcers, when you're getting blown out, they're the best because that's when the real talk comes out from them. But he brought <laughs> up a great point. Cause it looked like Tony Kemp was trying to just swing too hard. He's trying to sing for the fences. And he's like, yeah, these are awesome players. Like you're not going to hit for home runs. He was like, he compared him a lot to Jamile weeks, mm. which is like, not the best power guy. He's not a power guy, but Hey, great contact, good speed, good on second base. And yeah, it proved it. Like if you could just kind of do that, don't do anything extra. Uh, you you should be able to be like an everyday second baseman for the A's.
0: Do you think because he had a good weekend, at least, not week, but weekend, and because Pinder isn't hitting so well that he's going to be the regular second baseman for the rest of the season, like the everyday guy?
1: I could see it. He'll keep platooning. Yeah, I could see Yeah, Pinder's falling off a little bit hard. He's kind of running into the same issue that I think the team as a whole does when they – getting these offensive lulls, which is yeah, they go big or go home. They just mm-hmm. love swinging for the fences so much, and when that happens, that's when you see again, great game tonight. They struck out like nine times. That's yeah. what happens. You, when you go big or home, it's cool. When you do hit it, great turnout, but when you don't, you're going to strike out nine, ten times, and I think the A's are actually last, well, they're first in the league in terms of strikeouts as a yeah. team. So that's what happens. And I think Tony Kemp is that kind of player once he realizes that, like, work the count, get on base, get, hang, swing for single doubles, he'll be great. But, yeah, I could see him really taking this position for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I like him there. I feel comfortable with him there, even when he's not hitting well, as long as he's, like, further down the order, um, not taking up more at-bats than guys who are hitting well. Um, especially with Beck back. You know, he'll be in that two-hole, so it'll, it'll kind of work out. But I I, I trust him. Um, especially on, on defensive side as well. So Big I think time. that's the move. And who is right, um so, uh, Let's do Mason's first. Okay. Um, we'll do mine last because you guys both picked great ones, and I picked the uh, uh, – I didn't pick a bad one. I picked the middle-of-the-road one. Um, Mason's was Mark Canna. Mark Canna, again, also lit it up. And he's been, he played well against the Diamondbacks too, just didn't get really any help. He had two home runs in the past week, um, played some really good defense, especially against the Giants, had like two great catches in center field Again, taking over that center field spot for Ramon Laureano. Um Well, moving from left to the center, and then Robbie Grossman played left field um, all all weekend. Um, yeah, he's been you know he's been just being Marcana. This is what he does. He he uh, he plays solid defense. He um, has a lot of heart on the bench. Really get, like boosts the guys up and gets them riled up and excited. He um, can cover a lot of ground out there. He very disciplined at the plate um and he hits home runs and flips bets and it's out of the pack mac um so yeah good good pick by mason
1: uh, he, wh- why did you say what that accent
0: that's that's his name on twitter I know, out, of but pack, you, out of the pack out of the park, not mac
1: from boston he's from i know he's yeah, from he's from
0: yeah he's from you say but what that's th- that's how it's fucking spelled on his twitter out, out of, of the, the park mac
1: out of the park mar- oh, whatever okay um, Fucking look it up. No, it's I know, out that, of the talk I know that's his handle, but I don't think that... Okay. Anyways. Sorry, yes. Julio.
0: Some of us like to have fun and uh, use um, You know what? Hey, accents the unwritten for comedy. Rule,
1: the unwritten rules of is to not mock Boston accents. Of podcasting? Accents. Yes, of <laughs> podcasting. No, um, please. The, um, I think the exciting yeah. thing, though, going off topic, is <laughs> he actually got some time playing at first base... Other, I, I believe it was the blow up yesterday. Not hmm. that mark you know, Matt Olson's never gonna lose that position. But it's always reliable to have somebody like mark Hanna, who if the unthinkable happens where we lose one of those core guys or the corner guys, you can easily slide him in and take over that position. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what the who the baseball writer was earlier today that tweeted during the game after he had that two run today. It's like he's consistently one of the most underrated players in baseball. And Absolutely. I'm like there's so many teams that would die to have somebody like him and I'm glad yeah. he's with Oakland.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would put him in the top 10 maybe top 8 left fielder in all of baseball. Um okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely. He got some big He's ones. a consistent 25 home runs. He's going to hit around 260, which in any other ballpark in the country would be, like, 270, 280. Um, yeah, he'll hit, like, 250, 260, and he'll play above average defense. Like
1: He got some love during uh, the MLB, like, position rankings over this past offseason. Yeah, he was, like, yeah. in the top 10 for sure. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, So my um, essential tailgate two of the week was Robbie Grossman. Um, We all picked guys, you know, who were going to impact the um, Ramon Laureano suspension. Um, Yeah, Robbie was he was just good. He was average. You know, he did his normal thing. He, you know, one night he'll get one hit one night. He'll get zero. The next night he'll get two or three. Uh, he had a home run uh, in the, in the series opener against the Giants which was really cool but I benched him on my fantasy team so that kind of sucked. Um <laughs> um yeah, I liked him. He 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 played well. Um, I didn't try to go too crazy with this pick. So uh so yeah. He's playing All for right, that who's contract year, your- money. Yeah, that's a good point. Who's your uh, who's your player of the week?
1: I am going with our local dude with uh Stephen Piscotty. He I like that one. He was uh, on fire this last week.
0: Green Slam! Yeah.
1: Uh, batted two ninety three home runs, 12 RBIs. He torched the Giants this weekend. And he's... I'll be honest. I'm, I know we've talked... I don't know if we've really talked about him a lot on this podcast, but Chris and I have talked about this a lot offline as well, maybe on his other podcasts. I was very shaky on what Piscotty was going to do this season. Uh... Last year, injured majority of the year, we really didn't get to see him to play at all. And when he did play, he just wasn't playing well, especially compared to his first season where he hit he he was like in the two sixties, hit twenty five home runs or twenty plus home runs, and he was like looked awesome. He looked awesome in right field, very serviceable guy. And then last year fell off. I I fell off the train. But this season, if you would have to, if the A's were to do like their own comeback player of the year award. So far in the season, it's been him. He's been so good for that offense. I <laughs> I was blowing up Chris a lot this weekend texting him and all caps saying, put him in the two hole. Like, with he deserves to hit up higher in the lineup, especially with how well he was. And honestly, uh, Laureano, he came back from suspension last night. He didn't really do much on the hitting-wise. I think he went over for 2 or for 3 tonight. If he's going to keep up that trend over this next week, don't be shocked if you see him drop down a little bit and Piscotti moves up there if he's going to continue this.
0: Also, Matt Olsen's hitting 165. Like, it's cool he gets a home run Dingas. often, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of shitty. Well, plus um, they
1: play him so shifted. There's a lot of stuff on why yeah. nobody, yeah. Can get, like, his shift is insane for Olson, but,
0: um,. Yeah, I I have all the same feelings except for I was not down on him this off season. I knew that he it was it was an inju- it was it was a nagging injury all last year. Like it you know it's it's that's that's tough to get over and they needed him so he kept on playing hurt because they needed him to to stay in the hunt in such a long season. Like same thing with Chris Davis last year. Like you know that just can really kind of like fuck with your your momentum and you can never really kind of put a couple good games together to get some for the season. Um I knew he was going to bounce back. And he came back he came back fully healthy. He did a lot of working out in the offseason during COVID. He um so him um Simeon and canna are all from Bay Area. So they're so I mean just so that um the audience knows a lot of MLB players, probably most of them, they have their regular house, which is typically like in their hometown or something like that, like wherever they grew up. And then they have like their summer house, which is like, you know, wherever their team plays because that's where they live during the season. Um, so um, Simeon, Piscotti and Kana, they don't have a summer house. Their summer house is their home house. So they they're the only ones who live in, in the Bay area uh, year round. And they were, they got together during COVID like a couple times a week and they just like worked out and played and, um, just kind of did it on their own because they're homies. Um, and, you know, that like uh, he. I saw a couple videos of him in his workouts, and he, he looked fine. Like he's, he's playing better. He struggled a little bit um, the second week. He played really good the first week, struggled a little bit the second week, and they totally picked it back up after that. Um, he's got a huge arm, which is so important in that outfield, just knowing when you're a team going up against, running bases up against an outfield of Mark Canna, uh laser Ramon and Stephen Piscotty. like that's why so many guys get held up at third because they know all three of those guys can just sling it at him um and and yeah i mean you know if you look at and if you look at his stats from this past couple of years like the only bad seasons he's had have been again like injury ridden seasons so i I was confident that he would be he'd be good he's you know yeah
1: but before we jump off to your player I think the one thing that you brought up the like a great point about it, is I think for yes, the uh being able to work out from home and all that was beneficial in the in this crazy COVID world we have right now. But especially for him, knowing how close and everything that his family has been through, being able to yeah. be home majority of the season and not having to have insane road trips, I can imagine that's been so beneficial for him, just to be with his family and spend that time and be able to go home after a game and all this other fantastic stuff so i'm ha- i'm so happy that he's playing but right now i hope he continues the pace
0: especially for his dad um so like obviously you know his parents have been married for a long time so when his mom passed away his dad needed some hobbies his dad's retired um last year he was infamously known he went to every single home game for the ace um it's a little bit tougher for him this year he can't go to the games but um you know Little things like that. It's it's important, you know, like being close to his family and, and watching his son play. So uh, so yeah, I I, uh, I agree. Um. Cool. Who you got? So, I'm. It's down to the wire. I'm deciding between two guys. Did I take your guy? No. Okay. No 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 no, 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 no Okay. No, no. Um, I want to pick Marcus Simeon because he had a huge comeback week this week and he's hitting so much better. Uh, but I also just want uh, okay, okay okay, so Marcus Simeon is my player of the week, but the player who I want to talk about, who I want to give love to, is Joaquin Soria. Joaquin yes. Soria has been a fucking gold in our bullpen this season. After like a really tough 2019 season, signed this huge contract, $8 million a year um, for two years, did not perform up to, up to what we were expecting. He was supposed to be like our go-to setup guy. This year, he has only allowed – so up until today – he had not a- allowed a single run all season and he had gotten a lot of played or a, lo- a lot, of pitching appearances. He's been so solid as like our go-to like close game, um, shut it down, um, towards the end of a game, like bullpen pitcher. Uh, today he earned his first run, uh, late run that we were talking about earlier, um, and late in the game. um, Uh, like ninth inning gave up a a hit or a run or something like that. That was his first run of the entire season. He's been fucking great. Um, So I just want to show him some love. But Marcus Simeon is my pick of the week because he batted really well.
1: No, I'm glad you brought up Soria because, again, he's one of these guys. uh, If you look at his track record, you look at his history, he's usually performed. He's a two-time All-Star. He's usually been a pretty consistent guy out of the pen for a lot of these teams has been on. to see him actually like perform the way he has been this year, and even better than we thought we, he would be, it's been great. And especially, you always got to get a little, at least for us, we always got a little more excited when we see some players from Mets go in the league, and especially yeah. somebody who's playing so well. So, keep it up. Marcus, honestly, there's not much we can add to. The guy was a MVP finalist. He had a slow start, but know uh, he's gonna be coming around I think we, we him. he, be seeing he always big
0: he always starts slow though that's another thing that we forget he that we kind of forget he always starts slow his first month is always rough and then he picks it up um cool all right so uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get into our future segment this week which should be a lot of fun because it's about general baseball as well as the As so uh stick around we'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is the Town Tailgate Podcast with Chris Madrigal and Julio Renoso. So let's hop into the featured segment, Julio. Yeah. This week, um, our segment is going to be called What Works and What Doesn't. Um, this is going to be uh, – we're going to do it in two parts. We're going to do first, generally, because um, we talked about it a lot, how this, this baseball season is going to be kind of like an experiment – um, we're gonna be able to try new th- they're gonna be able to try new things out see if it works or not. So we've been like really wanting to talk do this segment for uh, pretty much since we created the podcast but we agreed we wanted to wait like at least a month in and like kind of like see things like play out and how they and how they uh, how they work and whatnot. So we're gonna start with strictly baseball, the general baseball and then we'll do for the A's, what works and what doesn't. So Julio, I'll let you do the first one. Julio, what works and what doesn't?
1: On this first topic... No, that's too much. Uh, the first thing... PTI. Yeah. No fan viewing experience. Now, this is a little broad. This isn't just not having any fans in the actual stadium itself, but uh, the actual game of how they're scheduling things out, how the actual national TV schedule is working, how the announcers calling from their home stadium was working as a whole... Uh, if I had to kind of leave this off, I'd say it started off pretty choppy. We I don't remember if we talked about it on the pod, if this was all fair, but it, you can tell that there was definitely some learning curves, especially I noticed yeah. uh, Glenn Kuyper when Matt Olson hit that walk-off. His home run call was kind of okay-ish because don't. they kind of just yeah. lost crowd and they lost sight of the ball and it sounded like they are pretty dependent on the crowd to kind of like amp them up a little bit. And, and plus, it was pretty quiet at the Coliseum. I know they put the artificial sounds up there, but it wasn't really working. But mm-hmm. as a whole, I think it's improved a lot. You can tell these the announcers are really starting to fill themselves. You can tell that a lot of the stadiums are actually doing a pretty good job when it comes to like the fake crowd noise. I will say what's not working, though, is the weird CGI fans that they've been doing, like Fox Sports have yeah. been doing.
0: Yeah, that in the Giants game, that was really fucking weird. I don't, uh, I w- I wasn't digging that at all, um, especially because like a home run ball, just like I f- I forgot whose home run it was, but it just nailed the fans in the in the what would have been in their face, and they just don't react. So it's just like, all right, what's the point of this? Like, what's going on here?
1: It's Like oh, that happened. But the one thing that we're both I've been complaining about that should be more is they just need to have baseball on all day.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, that's that's not working. Um, that's definitely not working. We can split it up in a few parts. Um, it, let's let's say that the the calling games from the home stadium it was broken, but they fixed it. I think that's that's how yeah. we can. Yeah, but it, um, okay. I I I, I mean, I'm. I, I think that they just gave them more camera angles because you got to give them access to all these camera angles. I think that's what it was. I think the first couple games, they're like, oh, we'll give you three monitors. You'll figure it out. But they probably extended that, I would assume.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think the big part is well, one, we said, like, if you're going to have one, a lot, again, a lot of people are working from home, or a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of forced to be home because of just the COVID world and just have to be precautionary. And why wouldn't you have this on all day? I know a lot of us have been watching basketball all day over the last couple of days, the playoffs. Yeah. And it's just a great opportunity. And you brought up the point off air, or I think of the pre-show, why doesn't ESPN or ESPN two or ESPN plus or ESPN, the Ocho, whatever they want to do, start showing more national games during the day. They were given that same attention to the Korean baseball league, which God bless you. You saved me a lot of pain, through those first few months of quarantine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why don't you have the same thing with Major League Baseball? Is there like a weird deal? Or Fox Sports? Why don't you try to pick it up over there? There's a Turner Sports. I, it, it doesn't make sense. Like You should be doing more of this.
0: It, it especially doesn't make sense because you look at the lineups that ESPN2 and Fox and FS2 are playing. So ESPN has like, yeah, like you said, a million channels. They have ESPN+. plus. Probably get a lot of ESPN Plus um, subscribers out there who would watch baseball games. I would. Um, you have ESPN 2, which ESPN 2, all they do is run reruns of ESPN talking head shows all day. It's like, all right, so, like, get-ups in the morning, right after get-ups done on ESPN, they air it on ESPN 2. Right after first take's done on ESPN, they air on ESPN 2. It's just like, well, just use that airtime. We don't have to fucking watch get-up twice. Just use that airtime time to, to air baseball games and then adjust the schedule make like half the east coast teams every day um play afternoon games so then they're starting at uh uh, 10 in the morning i would wake up at 10 in the morning and watch a game if it was nationally televised like i i just it doesn't make any fucking sense like they they have the capital to do it so why wouldn't you do it like maybe there's like some Legal jargon in um, all these like blackout rules that fucking MLB has, which is ruining, also ruining the game. Um, just amend those for a season, like, and work out a deal with these networks. I guarantee they would have at least a month ago. They would have loved to have the 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 uh, the coverage. I yeah,
1: know. I can imagine. You probably nailed it right on the head. Is uh, a lot of these networks have probably have like their own private syndication or cable laws and the only reason why we're getting basketball all day now is because it's playoffs it's on espn tnt and then nba tv um but
0: even the remainder of the regular season it was like three games on tnt and then like three games were like local you know
1: but at the same time like what the hell else is tnt can only show so many batman movies during the day Exactly. Like, they kind of hit their wall with. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, we talk about Fox or ESPN with their talking heads and all that. But, like, Fox Sports, dude, who's, nobody's watching Fox Sports. No. Like, what do you no. have to show during no the day? Are you going to have a talking I don't heads national? I don't You think show? I give
0: two shits about Nick Wright and, and Chris Carter arguing in the
1: morning. Nick no, Wright and his fake shit. hair.
0: Yeah, Nick Wright's the worst. I fucking hate Nick Wright. I've I, gained I, a little more respect over him
1: over the last six months or so. Um, I I lost respect for him
0: when he made Baker Mayfield the eighth best quarterback in the league last year, and Baker Mayfield was terrible. And he's a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I mean he's just he's a homer for everybody. Um, We don't have to get Nick Wright sucks. We don't have to get into this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he does. Before we jump to the next one, let's do uh, uh, let's give it a grade. I'd say right now it's a. That's it. Give it a B.
0: You give the viewing, you give the viewing. Experience I, uh, seeing view how experience it started
1: out as, and where it is now, uh, it's yeah, or B minus. There's definitely some things that they can improve on, having games more accessible throughout the day for everybody. Because like I can watch baseball all day because I've MLB TV, but there's people who are still don't have that or have local restrictions. It could be better.
0: I totally disagree. It's a C minus. It's barely passing. It's just like th- just spread out your games. Like there's no you don't have to like so you in terms of m- what why most regular season games these days are at night is because They want fans to be able to come to games. So you do it after they get off work and they go to a game and you can sell tickets and you make money that way. If you don't have to do that, if you can't have fans and you don't have to get any revenue that way, why the fuck are you doing games at night every day? Everybody, well, I mean, not everybody anymore, but most people are still home. They're working from home. They have background noise on on their TV. Just fucking air games all day. Like, spread it out. It's so fucking stupid. You could have half the... The... Um, like NL, like you, you could do, you could do it like okay. So the AL East tonight is gonna have night games, but the NL East they're gonna have day games, one o'clock start time. So they start at for us ten in the morning, um, for the East Coast one p.m., and then you have the Central. All right, so NL Central is gonna start tonight, at, uh, is gonna start uh, do night games tonight. But then NL AL Central is they're gonna be. Um, uh, afternoon games, so then they start at eleven o'clock. So Then we're just running through games all fucking day. Just like basketball, it's just you know, it's just it's typical it's little poor things. planning. Little, all right, it's the
1: little things. Next topic. All right,
0: all right, Julio. Extra innings, the extra innings rule for a man on second. I think personally, it definitely works. It speeds up the process of the extra innings while also making it a lot more exciting. Sometimes you go through extras and it's like, okay, cool, strike out the side. But having a man on second, even while you're striking out the side, it's just like, it's that extra little push that makes it just a little bit more intense and you tune in a little bit closer. And it it gets kind of like, how it how it uh the pressure goes on the pitchers and and whatnot too i just i absolutely love it and how they you know you thought going in the season there there'd be a lot of sacrifice bunts to move the runner over to third they haven't been doing that a lot um it's been kind of surprising and kind of cool and um i love it and then it kind of rides up the score a little bit too i think it works
1: it's awesome it's what say you yeah i i love it it was one of those things that uh it, I think there was a lot of questions going into the season. Other leagues across the world have been doing this rule before, but it, it's kind of like the same thing with a lot of us are doing with fantasy football and stuff like that right now. It's like, Hey, this is the year to try out some weird stuff. Why not give it a try? And it's been great. Again, preserves pitchers arms. The one thing I'm still a little confused about is how, though I haven't really looked into it either, is how the scoring goes. So, if the... Who is charged with the runner on second? Is it whoever is pitching the previous inning? Is it whoever is pitching now? Because technically, whoever's on second is the person who made the last out.
0: I don't know if you earn a run. So, it's just
1: hogwash? You
0: give up a run, but I don't think you earn a run as a pitcher.
1: So, okay. So, let's say hypothetically... uh, Let's say it's A's have Simeon on second, Lariano's up to pitch, and then like uh Jose Leclerc does a pitch, home run. He's only charged with one run then, right? Because it's
0: Yeah, I think so, but I'd have to pay closer attention, I haven't yeah. noticed. Um so next time there's extra innings we'll 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 keep track of that so we can see. Or also, we'll also look at the or, we'll we'll look at the pitchers we'll look at the pitchers ERA beforehand and we'll look at the pitchers ERA after. But at the same time I'm too,
1: I feel like I'm not really playing paying too much a close attention to it because of the anxiety of the runner being on second. That's yeah. all, I, honestly, what I'm I saying
0: is it. we'll make a note of it now yeah. and we'll try to do that move forward. What would
1: you give it? What's your what's your grade?
0: Oh, this is an yeah. A. This was uh, this is a top-notch move and great job by Major League Baseball finally thinking outside the box and and, and being open-minded. I hope they keep this. It's great. I love it. I, I love yeah. It. What's your grade?
1: I would give it um, the same as the Emma Stone ac- or comedy movie. An easy <laughs> easy a. A. That's an easy A. I would give it an A+. plus, uh, But again, I think there's still a little, com- for me at least, there's a little confusion on how the run thing works out. But that's so minimal. It's been awesome. I hope they keep it.
0: Yeah. Good job by you, Rob Manfred. Robbie Manfred. Good job by you, Robbie.
1: Um, uh, next up. All
0: right. Next up, Julio. What works and what doesn't?
1: Our next one. and uh, This is the last one for the MLB. Uh, the Universal DH. This is the first season of the Universal DH. Um, I can't. Re- what's what? what uh, well, I'll think of the grade a little bit later. I'll tell you. I'm trying to think of the, the term for it. Honestly, it seems too early to tell. I think. The, yeah, I can't yeah, tell,
0: man. I can't tell either.
1: I think the long term, this is going to be great for baseball as a whole if this does stay, and yeah. I really hope it does, because you're going yeah. to provide. 16 more roster spots for guys who are on their last Yeah, creating creating more jobs there's gonna be a lot of guys who are in the nl who are going to be getting older in age they want to still stay with said team the team wants to keep them well guess what you have a dh spot and plus honestly as glorious as it is to see a pitcher hit a home run every few thousands at bats most of the time it's pretty dumb Uh, But the thing is, we're not really seeing any specific teams take advantage of that right now. We're not seeing, uh, I think the Dodgers was like a team. The Dodgers and the Cubs were two teams I thought for sure were like, they have a surplus of players who would take full advantage of this, especially somebody like Kyle Schwarber, who's kind of a defensive liability. And they've kind of been rotating around. And same thing as the Dodgers. They don't have an everyday DH. They're kind of rotating guys around, giving people which is honestly, that's a good way to use it too. Whereas you look at like Nelson Cruz is 40 or uh, pushing 40, 41, and he's still dropping bombs at a DH spot. Yeah. We've not seen that yet. So who knows? Maybe somebody, in the NL could catch fire or you could see a trade with somebody going to the NL and they become a full-time DH. How about you?
0: We can have left till the trade deadline. We'll see. Right. Um. Yeah, it's too early to tell, man. But uh, I like to say it works because it, like you said, it creates jobs. But um, I don't know. I haven't looked up the stats. I feel like the uh, writers will come up with those stats at the end of the season, which will be nice to see. But I, I don't. I mean, I've been pushing for this for fucking years. Like the entire thing about the whole pitcher spot is just it's a waste. In in like, I, I the NL homers who like fucking argue about. Oh, it's not real baseball because you don't have to use the strategy of the pitcher spot. Like, no, you're not using strategy for two fucking innings when they have to, when they pitch for, when they hit those two innings because you know they're going to bunt. So it's like, okay, cool. This is a, a fucking wash of an out. It doesn't become strategy until like the sixth inning where now you actually have to like strategize the way you pitch around down the entire lineup. It's completely different. So. Yeah. yeah i uh i i think it works but you know i just can't tell so i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a b minus right now just because i need to have more knowledge
1: i was no, well the term i was trying to think of you're from a family educator so you would know uh what there's like an actual grade you give on a report card that's like to be determined or not enough to view i can't remember the, i wish i could give it that but yeah screw it b minus
0: <laughs> yeah honestly i, I don't like off the top of my head i i can't think of it <laughs> either. yeah either um i know what you're talking about though it's like incomplete or something like that yeah
1: yeah so we're like yeah i think the, yeah long term it's gonna be an a but uh, uh, what it's yeah. doing in this yeah. season uh yeah we'll see
0: all right so let's get into um what works and doesn't work for the a's um julio what works and what doesn't work the first thing is the catcher platoon um it's fucking working bro these two young guys are fucking crushing it. It's it's so great because – so, Sean Murphy, not so well with the bat. He has his good days. He has his bad days. But defensively, he is a stud. He throws everybody out. No balls get past him. Um, um, balls in the dirt. It's so – it's just great. It's great to watch. And Austin Allen, I mean, it's starting to make that – uh that uh, Fuck, what was it? What was it? the, the – Jerks and Profar. Shortstop was it he Jerks? was in the pro and far trade far? that's what we got oh okay jerks and pro far trade uh kind of work because he's still very young 26 he's killing it with his bat um he's playing pretty solid defense and they both hit i mean the, again like sean murphy you know has his days but they more or less both hit very well against their respective sides of the plate um I'm liking it, and the best thing about this, Julio, both guys are locked up till 2026. We may never yep. see a new catcher for the A's ever again. Yeah, like, it's it's great, but they're both 26 and younger. I think Sean Murphy's 24, Austin Hill is 26. Um, it's fucking awesome. Uh, I love it. Um, it is working.
1: Yeah, uh, I honestly I love it too. It, this was one of the positions uh, I was hoping we would get some sort of aging catcher who at least come in there and, like, teach these guys, or if they were to fall through, they kind of back... Oh, so that's why I was, like, really hoping like, Steven Bogue would resign, or there was rumors of, like, maybe even a Matt Wieters. Uh But it's turned out really good so far. The number... Offensively, they're doing enough. Again... Austin Allen's been good. Austin allen Yeah. Good. Uh, combined, they have a three home runs. I believe, like, seven RBIs you're to, you always got to look at these platoons as like one mega player. The great thing mm-hmm. about Sean Murphy, excuse me, he walks. He is so mm-hmm. patient at the plate, and he gets on all the time. You already mentioned they're great at defenders behind the plate. I have noticed, though, especially with this Lazardo game, and this was something that I, I, th- I we talked about off air in a previous show, was you're going to see Murphy's connection a lot with these guys he pitched with and the minors. So when Lozardo's up, of course he pitched lights out with him behind the plate. Um, when puck eventually does come back imagine that same expectation, but so far we don't really need too much from them offensively because again, there's so much power up and down that lineup. It, them getting three home runs combined is already enough. And you've brought the the best point of all. Like they're on contract for another five to six years. So fantastic. I'd, Give it, um, I give it like an A minus so far. I like
0: that. Um, I uh, yeah, it, it that that's, it, I feel comfortable with the future at catcher moving forward. Um, even if one of these guys falls off, we still got the other. That's the that's the best part about it. And the catching platoon has always kind of worked for us. Think about like 2002 with uh like Derek Norris. 2002. Uh, uh, or 2012. Sorry, oh. 2012. Um. 2012-2013, Derek Norris and Steven Vote, like, that platoon worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jaso, when he was kind of in that pl- pl- platoon, too. Well, you um, said 2002,
1: and I thought of uh, Ramon Hernandez and Adam Melhus Yeah. And then yeah, Jason yeah. Kendall and Adam Melhues.
0: Jason Kendall and Kurt Suzuki, and then the Kurt Suzuki mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, f- um, um, brand or pal for, for, I forgot his first day. Landon Pal. Uh, Landon Powell. Uh, Le- Landon Powell. It, it's always kind of, it's always, it's always going to work.
1: And it also uh, helps when your, your manager was a former big league catcher. Uh, Marcus yeah. Jensen a's bullpen coach. Shout out Marcus. Uh, former catcher as well. Having that experience is huge. Uh,
0: yeah, and, uh, and Austin, you were saying Sean Murphy is chemistry. Austin Allen, he, they show him all the time in the dugout. He's fucking, like, laughing it up and, like, joking around with those yeah. guys. You can tell he's really connecting with them, too. It's great. Um, I give this one a double A for Austin Allen. Double A.
1: Double A. Get it? MCO. <laughs> uh, all right, Julio. What works and what doesn't? Our next one, what works and what doesn't. The bullpen. <sighs> Wow, we. Uh, this I mean, was the thing. Yeah, I. If you, this was probably uh, outside of the second base stuff, and we've already praised Matt Kemp enough, so I don't think we really want to talk about it too much in here. The bullpen was the yeah. biggest issue going into the season, and they have been excellent, and the numbers are showing. Uh, Liam Hendricks has shown that he is, if not, or he is one of the best, if not the best closers in baseball. Joaquin Soria, as a re- setup man, has been lights out. Yuzumir uh, Petit has been a freaking workhorse, just going in and pitching ev- almost every day. Chris loves it when he does and tweets about it. Uh, Birch Smith, Bir- Birch! Yeah, the bad Birch. Ooh, man, he's been out of nowhere, too. He's been so good, it's kind of a bummer that he's on the I.L. Um, really, the only... Question mark. Or then Jake Deakman's been so good as well. He's kind of getting
0: huge bounce back here. Huge bounce. Yeah.
1: Back. Uh He has. A, somebody was giving me shit about this a while back when I said this to them, but I said uh he has the stuff. He just got to get it out. He's, he need, just needs to figure it out. And he's like, well, that's every pitcher. I'm like, well, shut yeah. up. But yeah, that's but we had to showing it. Especially like dude, if you have a lefty that can throw ninety plus out of the pen, that's so lethal. The only guy who's really And this this could be a whole therapy session of just us talking to each other about it, but, like, Lutrovino, he's still the one guy um, He looked so promising in the 2018 rookie season. He had a really rough year last year, and it's more or less continued over to this season. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Every other pitcher in – you know, Except for the, a few guys who had small stints Like Jordan Weems didn't play so well But every single pitcher in our bullpen Jay, We didn't even talk about J.B. Wynelkin yep. He's been very solid too I mean he had like one bad game um, But that's uh, that was a game where the A's were already Kind of like losing I think they are losing by like two runs To the Angels or something like that um, Yeah he's been the only just dark spot And you know James Caprillion got brought down uh, Was it today or yesterday? I think it was today yeah. Um, and Paul Blackburn got brought up. I don't get that. um, That call up and bring down. Like, it definitely, like, Caprillian had a, I mean, he only had one inning, but he had a solid inning. Gave up the home run, but other than that, he looked pretty good. And I, I think I would rather see what I got with Caprillian than give Lou Trevino his 30th second chance, you know? <laughs> like, I have
1: a conspiracy theory. I put my tinfoil hat on. I okay. think he's going to be a trade bait.
0: Caprillian? Yeah. Well, uh, look, Puck,
1: Puck is pitching again. He's going to be coming up probably for the next couple weeks or so. Um, yeah. Once Birch is healthy, he's going to be back. I'd imagine uh, Trevino might get sent back down when Puck comes up. Who knows? But hmm. it's like, hey, this is what he's got at this level. We'll keep him down in the lower levels to keep him healthy. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if... If we've, I'm sure we'll talk a little maybe next week about uh, any potential trades or anything that would kind of make us excited, uh, with the mm-hmm. trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. But, hey, conspiracy theory hat.
0: All right, interesting. Um, I yeah, I'm hoping that we get some uh, some interesting uh, articles from Passon and Rosenthal and Slusser and people who would know some stuff, so we can talk some trade potential trades next week. Um. All right. So, what do you? What grade do you give it? I'm definitely works. By the way, it definitely works.
1: Yeah. 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 Definitely fantastic. Uh, I give fuck. I'd give them an A plus. Honestly, it's it, I, the expectations were so low into the season, that they've just been lights out for the first month.
0: The Lou Trevino thing kind of gives it a lower grade for me. I think I give it a an A minus, maybe a B plus, just because he's had. Two really bad outings, so I think it kind of favors towards B plus. But other than that, like and the other guys, the other guys bring that average up. Like he's 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 getting like 40% on tests, but the other guys are getting 95. So like the Great average project, is kind baby. of like, yeah, it's working out a little bit.
1: And the biggest another thing too, before we jump onto the next project or <laughs> the next subject, <laughs> is uh, they're bailing out the rotation when they have bad games. Yeah, they A's would not have won. Uh, the first two games of that giant series, if mm-hmm. the bullpen didn't kind of ease the, the craziness of those starts from, um, uh, who started on Saturday, Minaya and Lozardo kind of, they kind of bailed him out. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Last thing that works and what doesn't work, um, the young pitchers, <sighs> I'm kind of indifferent on this because Manaya hasn't been pitching well except he had a good start this past weekend, but Lazardo and Montaz uh, except for yesterday um have been phenomenal. So it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm really concerned for Manaya. I really am because I really thought he was going to be like our go our our main guy uh, moving forward. Um I want to say I want to say it works though but I'm hesitant. It's like middle of the pack.
1: Yeah. uh, We were thought our rotation was going to be the most more dominant the bullpen, but yeah, we're Manaya has not something happened to him in that wild card game. Yeah. He got the, he maybe he got the yips, but who knows? Uh, Montas. Yeah. He didn't look great the other day. I wouldn't be shocked if there are still some lingering injury issues from him missing the start maybe he just had a pitch during that time and wasn't back in shape which i wouldn't be shocked if his next outing he comes back and pitches lights out uh yeah Lazardo, he did not look great on friday against the giants but at the same time uh giants have a dominant righty lineup so when you have a lefty coming in of course you're gonna see the ball mm-hmm. a little better and it's on short notice but when those two guys are on they're they're like those are going to be like, that's our future. When you see those two guys, especially with whenever Puck comes back up, uh, there's, they look like they're on it, but yeah, it's, it's still shaky. It doesn't help too, that Mike fires has been a little inconsistent as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And even though when you have somebody who in your rotation, who, you know, the day after like, Oh, well I had a bad game today, but I know tomorrow we'll be in a little better shape because this guy's pitching. Mm-hmm. we don't know what to get out of fires the next day and who knows i um <sighs> i think the potential still really high with that with those two and manaya i still think but there's still some hope in him uh, but right now i would probably give it like a c yeah
0: yeah i think i give us a c a c minus like barely passing just because of the manaya if you were situation. to exclude manaya but there was were... There were some bright spots in Manaya's last mm-hmm. start that could he could be turning it around.
1: Um, if you were to exclude Manaya this would probably be like B plus A minus. Yeah, easily.
0: I would give it. I would give a solid B. I think, um, just because of the the minor wrinkles between like each had uh, a rough start.
1: Um, cool. So, but it, yeah, but it's it's funny. Like, we're kind of in universal, like in unison that like this they're. Playing. this team as a whole is still playing great. They're still one of the best teams in baseball, despite yeah. these weird little nuances. There's nothing else we can really complain too much about. So, hey, we're, we're happy, I guess. Yeah,
0: I, I was just about to say, I know we sound biased, but we couldn't really think of anything major that isn't working, like at least a major subject. You know, like, we could say like Sean Manoya not working, but like the point of this was to think of like general topics.
1: Yeah, and, was and there wasn't much that. I think we were in real conflict about, at least when it came to the A's, that we're all kind of like, yeah. yep, that sounds right.
0: I mean, we're we're in first place with the best team in the American League. There's yeah, not exactly. really too much to exactly. bitch about right now. Um, okay, cool. So let's preview um, the upcoming week, shall we?
1: Let's do it. We have an upcoming series all right. at home against the Angels. Uh, thank God.
0: Last series against the Angels for the, for the year.
1: And I will say, thank God, I do not yeah. want to see Mike Trout and his dad energy against the A's yeah. anymore. Please go put it on another team.
0: Yeah, I'm good, and I'm glad that I, that it's at home too, and maybe we'll play a little better. Yeah.
1: Um, and then uh, we go, we
0: head to Texas, and we get to play the Rangers. We get to play the the team that's managed by um, the biggest uh, uh, boomer in uh, the history of baseball, um, the pussy who said um, unwritten rules. I'm uh, just kidding. Um, Chris Woodward. Yeah. Then. Then we go then we go to Texas to play the Angels or play the Rangers. Um yeah, Angels I think we could uh, we're at home so I feel a little better so I think we might win two out of 3. Um and then the Rangers I'm pretty confident we can sweep them if, if
1: yeah, I'm pretty confident. Now, this them. is when Chris Davis is going to Chris in the new stadium.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fact check correctly this time. Yeah. We are actually they will be in Dallas or Arlington Arlington yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the only I think I like that you said too for the Angels because again we're kind of giving our credit to Dylan Bundy he's been so great for them um, I, I don't think we've looked I have at least I haven't checked into how the rotation lines up against Texas in the coming week but if we're going against Lance Lynn uh, hold on to your butts because he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League so far in the season he had a really great game tonight against the Padres. You only give up two runs. He had a, uh, I think he was like the first starter this season to throw a complete game uh, last week against Was the Padres. I can't remember, but uh, it's always fun when they play Texas. It's going to be cool to see the new stadium, their yeah. new uh, barbecue grill they got going on. Oh yeah. But uh, something we got to be aware of. We talked about this. Chris hinted at it for a minute, and then uh, I brought up earlier in the show road woes. The starting mm-hmm. on text starting against the Rangers on Monday or Tuesday, their next ten games are on the road. They go Houston to Texas to, to Ar- Texas Arling- or Arlington, Houston to Houston Seattle, yeah, yeah. which a pretty winnable series. Houston's playing a lot better, but we'll see what's going to happen uh, with uh, Jordan out and then whatever's going on. uh, Bregman's injury, but this is going to be a more or less make or break series, a stretch for the season of like, do you want to be taken serious as a AL contender? I know you've been, very vocal about like how they have been disrespected a lot when it came to power rankings at the best record in baseball, but they're still second and third. Mm. If they want to be up in that number one tier team, past the Dodgers and the Yankees and all that, st- all those other teams, they've got to be successful on this road trip. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really have too much to add. I think you you kind of said it all, and I think a, the Texas is a good team to start off a road trip like that because then. Maybe you can get some momentum going on the road and mm-hmm. kind of break this little like curse. They got going um, the road curse. Cool. Uh, let's pick our essential tailgate tool of the week. Julio, um, you may go first because you're the best cat dad. There is uh, to listeners. That's the shirt he's wearing right hey. now. Best cat dad.
1: I've said this. We've talked about him so many times. I feel like somebody has used him as third player of the week to watch man. Sean Mania, this last start, I've used him twice. Yeah, um, third <laughs> time's the charm. He mm. looked really good the other day. It kind of mm. gave us some faith again. Um, and during the the radio broadcast with Korak tonight, he said his changeup is actually starting to look normal again. It's kind of looked like what it was, it had been in the past, and how it looked in the beginning of or last September when he came back and looked so great. Um, yeah. And I think going against, I've again, got to look up where the rotation is going to line up, but if he were to go against either playing at home against the angels and again, friendly confines of pitching at home or playing in Texas, where there have been said that this has been more of a pitcher stadium than the old ballpark in Arlington was, this could be very beneficial. And I, we talked about kind of make or break with some other, with this series, this is a make-or-break week for him, because if he has another bad start, there's no more room for errors anymore. Like he's either going to the pen, or they got to send him down. Yeah. There's no more room for especially with how well Burt Smith has been pitching, with Puck coming up, with the trade deadline coming up, like this is like you got to show that you have it, or they're gonna have to make some moves and move you out of that position.
0: A uh, quick shout-out to Ken Korak. He's celebrating his 25th season as the A's uh, radio broadcaster. Uh, and the lights have taken full
1: effect. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, and we will watch it fly. Um, yeah, I mean, I I even said it the last time I picked Shamanaya, which was two weeks in a row, if you remember. Um, I said he's going to keep showing up on this Tailgate Tool of the Week because until he like starts to show some promising, like puts together some promising starts because – He's going to be the guy in the rotation to watch because Paul Blackburn just got brought up, like you just said. And A.J. Puck is looming around the corner. Yes, I know that they had talked about he's probably going to be a bullpen guy, but when it comes down to it and is not getting it done, we're going to have to figure this out and fix it. Mania's um, very good in the first two innings, and after that he falls off. So I like that one. All right, so mine is, um, more positive note, Stephen Piscotti. Hey, He's hot. I just picked him up on my fantasy team because he's so hot. Um, he, uh, ag- again, you said he had a really good week, d- batting ninety uh, three, I think you said, this past week. He's got to keep it up. I want him to keep doing that, um, especially with Olsen kind of in a at least an average slump, uh, batting average slump, um, and Ramon uh, this past couple games uh, starting off a little bit slow, coming off his suspension. We need... Biggie, big Stevie P to uh to keep going and uh, put up the these solid numbers and hit grand slams. So he's gonna be my tailgate tool to watch because I think that also he is such an impactful person in that that clubhouse that if if he gets going, other people are gonna go. Maybe he can light a fire under Chris Davis's ass and he'll get going. So Steven Piscotti is my essential t- tailgate tool of the week.
1: Love it. Got to keep that right going.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, Julio. I think that's going to do it for this week.
1: Thank you all for listening. This was a lot of fun, but it's time. It's time. Let's pack it up. Let's go head on. Toss the coals. Let me uh, let's put, let's find a way break, to break, s- sneak in my sneak 19 in your crimes bottle of-, <laughs> bottle of wine here.
0: <laughs> uh, take down the pop-up because the game is starting. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Woo! Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, (laughs) and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork thank you so much for listening everybody please tune in next week please subscribe and last but not least as we always say let's go oakland